Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. Holly and I mentioned in this episode writers who have committed suicide. However, this is not making fun of their suicide. This is not making light of their suicide. Neither one of us believe that suicide is the answer. While we can't make decisions for other people, we do believe that life is worth living. We want you guys to all live a long and happy life. We are not medical professionals. So please, if you are having suicidal thoughts or any other mental issues, any other kind of mental health problems, Please seek a medical help professional as soon as you can. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is the finale. It is event writing, part three, follow through. And uh, we're going to get to that. But first, uh, before we get to what we did this week, too, I want to apologize. Um, Several of the recent podcasts have had mistakes and stuff in them. So I apologize if you were one of the ones who downloaded right away or your your, um, app did not upgrade fast enough or, you know, you're on auto download and, and you got the silence. We are going to be taking a short break. You guys will not have to deal with our break uh you'll still have because we've got a few episodes we're going to release taming the wild middle which is next week and then we're going to release one of holly's uh older podcasts from 2006 because you guys have been asking about that so we're going to have a short break i am still building up the process of trying to get everything done um on this podcast in a nice flow so these mistakes don't keep happening but I do appreciate everybody who you know messages me or lets me know if there's a problem so I can fix it fix it as fast as possible the only thing I could suggest is use our uh, host site which is podbean use the podbean app if uh you know (laughs) until I stop smoking crack (laughs) 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 and can get everything you know more of a flow so there's not so many mistakes because that will upgrade the fastest i have no choice in the matter when it comes to any other apps as to when they update it can be anywhere from 12 hours to 72 i heard one takes uh an upgrade every or an update every week so yeah i don't remember which one it was but yeek so anyway let's get to a happier topic which is our weeks. Holly, how did your week go? I had a really good week. Um, I got 6,853 words on the first draft of the Ohio series, book one. Um, I got, (laughs) I, I had a little less of a great week on the revision of Dead Man's Party. I got a total of nine pages done. Nine. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I am I am struggling with I don't know weariness I think yeah. and we've got a lot of stressful stuff going on and revision takes a different part of your brain than writing fiction and the writing is going really well and the revision is just brutal right well, now. Well yeah and this is something that you talk about in the how to write a novel series and how to uh, I think think sideways as well is life throws stuff at you and you guys Mm -hmm. are going through a pretty big um you know important thing in your life right now so it might be something that you need to kind of take a look at your goals for summer fiction writing and maybe adjust for the stressful stuff that you're going through which by the way is not medical or anything like that it's it's, no no it's a good thing it's just one of those really really big things (laughs) so yeah um and then uh, let's see. The The summer of fiction writing is going really well. We have passed our day seven check-in. There will be another check-in for people. And this isn't day seven of the event. This is your day seven. So if you decide you want to come in and play with us, uh, you just keep track. And when you've been working for seven days, you come in and you post on day seven what your progress is, you, you know, with your goals. And there is a thing on setting your goals. But 
my my day seven uh, was looked looked pretty decent, um, and because I also I am doing the bonus now for Dead Man's Party. The bonus for how to how write, to write your, a, novel, a novel, yes, which okay. is which is stuff related to Dead Man's Party. Um, it's interweaving multiple story threads in big complex novels, and I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing, I did a transcript, I've got a video, I'm doing worksheets, I've got, I'm doing screenshots, um, I'm doing this kind of step-by-step layout diagram thing of what you do, and it's, you know, it's gotten a little bigger than I had thought it was going to be, but it's going to be a very nice bonus when it's done, so, and it's just folks who are already past uh, le- the the last lesson and are waiting for the bonus. Well, I'm working as fast as I can. Yeah, and just to so, let you guys know, just the screenshots alone took probably hours and hours of work oh because I was yes. there for a good chunk of it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because well, not only that, but I had because I had to set up this thing not just for the screenshots, but also for the video where I was demoing things and I had to set up layers and I had to set up things to cover certain sections so that I could uncover them and show step by step. It was like, oh my (laughs) God. But it is, it is, it's a really cool process. And I think this shows it very well. And, you know, if you have ever wanted to write a novel with um, a bunch of different viewpoint characters and each of them had a number of different stories, this is how you do that without ever having to build a timeline. And just just to sit down and in about an hour, maybe two hours, to get your stuff in a row and then write your book. I'm really so. excited for this bonus because that's something that uh, <clears throat> I feel like I could have definitely used with the one that I'm writing right now. Uh, it's, it's not it, – my, my timeline's a little bit easier because it's all kind of, you know, in a row and it's, and it's all very um, – not just linear but it's it's all very close to each other but the next book especially I have an idea for different sections and it's going to be a lot to take you know in and a lot to keep an eye over so this Mm -hmm. yeah I'm really looking forward to that one okay well Um, I I think you will enjoy this because it is actually a fun process um it's it's a lot of fun to do and once it's done, it's still flexible. So if you change your mind about stuff, you can you can revise just brain dead simple. Uh, this is what got me through Dip- Diplomacy of Wolves, Courage of Falcons. Uh, Diplomacy of Wolves, Vengeance of Dragons, and Vengeance Courage of Falcons. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've written so many that sometimes you forget which ones they are, what the names are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been one. And those are older books. Those were back yeah. there a while. But this, I invented this for that. That's awesome. Okay, so your turn. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if Holly sounds a little bit tired today, it is. Uh, she's only had four hours of sleep in the last two days. So, you know, <laughs> give her a little bit of slack. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> my, my week was, it, it sounds pretty much kind of like the same balance as yours is that I did a good amount of work on the summer fiction writing research and world book that I'm doing but I am under the the I'm behind it's Mm -hmm. like I I took a look at the seven day thing I haven't posted mine yet I need to do that either today or tomorrow but um taking a look at all the stuff that I've done I'm a few hours behind and I also am kind of scattered at the moment because there is so much research to do into indigenous peoples of America versus other things like cryptids and the history of Fulton Hills in general, and then the ghost system and the the different type of ghosts that there are. So you kind of go into this project thinking that what you need to cover is one thing, and then you realize that it's all these other things so (laughs) you have to constantly be ready to adjust and I've also had a number of people ask me about how I work my world building system like or not world building system how I am creating my world book a lot of people call it like a series bible which I have heard before I just like the idea of a world book because it's not really it's not about the series to me, it's about the world because this is not just one series. This is also going into Glass House. This is also going into future books in um, other future towns because 
I've got so many books, so many characters. I, at this point, I can never write all of these stories. There's no way. But that's why I like to think of it as a world book because it's not just one series. It's every series within this world. Right. Um, and so if that's something that you're interested in, it's something that Holly and I can put together. Just let us know. You can let us know in, in the forums or if uh, you're not on the forums yet, which I don't know why you wouldn't be. Uh, you can go to the Facebook account and just send me a message and let me know that that's something that you're interested in. Because if we get enough interest, we can do an episode on it. But if there's only a few people, I can just, you know, kind of explain to them, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, it's always... Yeah, just a short post in the forum. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always surprising me when people are asking me what I'm doing. It's like, well, Holly is the star of the show, and she's the one that we're all coming to. But it's neat when people want to know how I do things. It's 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 very cool. Yeah, well, um, you've, you've been doing this for a while, too, so... Yeah, I just haven't been focused on getting published traditionally. And my husband <laughs> was very, very upset with me the other episode. He heard me say uh, that I am not a published author, and he's like... That's not true. You got a poem published. And I'm like, okay, but that's poetry. That's I, I would be a published poet. He's like, no, that's not how that works. I'm like, you, you don't read anything. You're he's not so a writer. Cute. Yes, he's very, very cute. He's like, no, you're a published author. I don't care what you say. I'm like, all right, whatever. I even got paid $3 for that poem. So, And it is traditionally published in a book somewhere. But... Um, so, yeah. Anyway, let's... Uh, from, from my week... Again, it was kind of a, wee a weird week because I was not pushing myself and I was trying to make sure I was not writing to failure. I was just hyper excited and I have so much time right now that it's a good thing to utilize it the best to my abilities. Plus, usually June is a very bad month for me. So the idea that I'm more mentally in this world that I'm creating and writing is probably better for, for the depression. It's holding it at bay most days. So I wrote two scenes, four scenes, four scenes, six scenes, two scenes. <laughs> yeah. In a row in those days. And I got a total of 19,465 <laughs> words. And, and for what it's worth, I was there when she did this, or yeah. at least most of it. Yeah. And her word counts just blew me out of the water. It was amazing to watch. They were, they were, they were pretty <laughs> consistently up there. And the, the, I had two where I had gone about 500 words. Yeah. Um, and I was just pumping out the scenes. And th there's a lot in there that I'm going to have to add in and revise. But mm -hmm. when I went through your lesson about uh, writing lean or writing fat... I realized I am doing both. I thought it was a different, I, th I, I kind of always thought of fat as being like superfluous crap, which mm. is not because, and you make a good point, you need both. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, you think both. of fat as keto. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you are, if you are in that, that mindset, then, you know, you, you know, you need your protein and you need your fat. So it would be, you know, you need lean and fat. And right. I realized I am writing both. It's just there are some places in there. The things that I leave out and add in the revision are things that are like um, descriptions of places, uh, like the smells, like the feel of the world. I try to get like the important things done in the scene, the dialogue, the character interactions, but they don't have a sense of the world in most instances unless it's an important thing unless it's an important part of the environment which impacts the atmosphere which impacts the story then yeah. i end up putting that stuff in there um but yeah that was my week i had a fantastic week i'm sitting at about fifty-five thousand words of what was originally going to be a fifty thousand word novel <laughs> i bumped it up to 60 last week once i realized it was going to be needing a little bit longer and then this week i bumped it up to 70,000 and i'm thinking <laughs> i can finish it at 70. i'm thinking it's going to maybe be a little bit over but this is not usual for me because the last two books i've had have come in under and wow. yeah and that's okay because you can always find another subplot you can always find something else in there that is very important mm -hmm. but holy crap this this well, just... you're using a different process this time. 
Well, and it's in the world that I want to write. That too. Oh, so God, I'm thinking that, that both of those have a huge impact. I mean, yeah. I'm writing about something I'm passionate about, which is cryptids and ghosts and the afterlife and magic. And that makes such a big difference. I'm, I'm passionate about love stories too, but not in the same way that I'm passionate about this world, you yeah. know? Well, you've been waiting a long time to write this yes. world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, so I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. I think that's also partially why my muse won't shut up. It's like, it's, it's finally after what, like 17 years or something, getting a chance to write this and it's saying, you know, full speed ahead. I want to get this done. I, I have so many ideas. We got to get to everything. And then <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, that's like me and the Ohio stuff. It's, it's it's just, oh my God, I have to make myself stop writing. Yeah, yeah, and which is what I did on Friday. I was very proud of myself because I had gotten something like two scenes, four scenes, four scenes, six scenes, and then Friday I was sitting there and I wrote the two scenes, and I was just fried. I was fried because of the entire week. I was fried because I was also, you know, when I'm not writing, I'm having, um, I'm still having like uh, some of the anxiety that's there and I have been waking up with what most people call sleep paralysis but I'm kind of worried that it is the hag uh, personally <laughs> but no no I understand logically my my left my inner editor is saying it's sleep paralysis my muse is saying no it's a ghost it's the hag so I've got that war going on but yeah so it's it's just been a lot recently and I told myself I'm like well yeah but you can write four scenes you've been writing four scenes and and I immediately shut that down I was like, no, that's writing to failure. We're not doing burnout. Mm -hmm. So I will be happy with my 2,029 words and shut down for the day. And then I was very good too yesterday. I did not work. I refused. Good. I, I kept trying to work. I kept trying to say, well, I could just do this little bit of research or something like that. And I was like, nope, not till Monday or Tuesday whenever I go back to work. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Good. So today's topic is event writing part three, follow through. If you haven't listened to the other two, it is preparation and process. And those two are pretty important. You should really listen to those first. But this is basically, Holly, just let us know what follow through is. Okay. Well, first let's, let's just rehash event writing for folks who don't no, and, and hadn't caught, yes. caught the first two. Um, if you are writing for uh, NaNoWriMo uh, or three-day novel or uh, summer of fiction writing or... or script Frenzy. Uh, yeah, or any script of those frenzy, other ones. Anything. Anything where it is an event and you're setting goals and then you're working to goals. Um, this is the third part of how you do that successfully and how you make it for you. And the most important thing to remember is that any event you participate in is there to serve you. That's one of the things that we mentioned in a previous episode. I want to get it in there again, because that is essential. Um, you do not beat yourself to death to participate in and win an event. If it does not if doing this does not serve you and your writing and and your joy in doing this, never participate in an event that makes you miserable. Yeah, yeah, that's important because the first year I did Sketchbook Summer, which was 2017, um, I started and I didn't look at it as it's serving me. I looked at it as uh, it was like this, this big goal just to fill a sketchbook, but I didn't have the reason why. So in 2018, I did. I said, okay, well, this is going to help me with anatomy or with, you know, cats or I, I made it a goal to everything that I draw is going to help me and drawing every day will help me. Um, and that's why I ended up actually completing the summer, uh, the sketchbook summer that year, because mm -hmm. I realized how to make it serve me, even though I wasn't thinking along those lines exactly. So it's really right. important to look at this as, as not something to to like dominate but to instead incorporate yeah yeah exactly um and one other thing i want to mention is that in the summer of fiction writing forum the training that i have set up in the forum if you have never set goals that you have managed to keep before 
I have the very first post that everybody does when you come in teaches you how to set goals that you can keep because the objective of summer of fiction writing is to teach writers how to build their own processes and succeed at them. It is a great, it is a great goal setting workshop too, because it doesn't take very long. Mm-mm. I mean, like I said, unless you're, you're like me and you are making everything more difficult and exacting <laughs> and all this and that, um, it can take, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes and, and you really, yeah, it's one that's, post. yeah. And that's really <laughs> stopping and thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it clarifies the rest of the event too. Yeah. With that said, then, um, there are two primary things that you have to get and keep in mind when you're doing follow through. And one of those has a number of different parts that we'll work through. Well, what is follow through? Okay. Follow through is when you take what you have learned from an event and you make it serve you. Um, it is making the event pay you essentially, uh, making it give you what you want to accomplish with your writing or any, any other kind of event you want to do. You look at this event and you say, okay, um, what do I want out of this? And then you learn, you make the event, give you what you want out of it. And then you add that to your life. You, you save the parts that really work and you keep using them. It's in the short term, it's just getting through the event successfully. But then the long term uses basically the same steps in which you say, okay, well, now that I'm through the event, what do I take from that? And how do I add it to my life to make it, to make what I want to accomplish easier and better and stuff. So that's, that's what this is. Yeah. And you should always learn from any of the events that you're going through. It should always Mm -hmm. be an effort to, to teach yourself something new. Exactly. Exactly. The event exists to serve you and, and what you get out of the event is your payment for participating in it. You should get paid to participate and you get that with new skills or with a new process or um, with a success behind you that proves to you that you can actually do something you didn't know you could do before. Um, just it's people have different objectives and, and I, I have, I have loved reading people's objectives. Yeah. They're really cool. That, oh my God, there there are so many of them and so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So the first thing you do, um, with your follow through is you track your goal progress using, and this is tricky, objective standards. Now this can be pages. It can be words. It can be uh, numbers of pages, numbers of words, numbers of stories, um, an amount of time in which you are actually working. And there, there, there is a little caveat here in that I used to work 12 hours a day. Okay. And, um, in my mind, I was working 12 hours a day, but part of that time I was playing, um, free cell, free cell. Thank you. Yes. Because I was telling myself that I needed to, you know, my muse needed to warm up and I'd play five or six games through to completion on free cell, you know, with my objective, my, my simple rule was I must win every single game I play. And you can do that with free cell. Yeah. But sometimes it can take a really long time. Yep. Um, but. That's not working. That's not work. That's not work by any stretch of the imagination. That is bullshitting yourself is what that is. (laughs) And that's what I was doing because the only work that counts is when you are actually, um, creating the thing that you are there to create. Um, you know, first draft, uh, scene, outlining, plotting, characters, uh, research. Yes. Yes. Anything where you are actually creating pieces of what you are using, that counts as work. Anything that is just you sitting there and screwing around and playing with your computer, uh, answering email. No, that isn't, that does not count. And that is not part of your goal. 
And if you want to succeed at doing this, you eventually strip that crap out. And the only time you count is the time that you are working on your thing. And, um, and when you're done with that, then you go do the other things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I no longer have free cell on my computer at all <laughs> because, um, that, that, that damn game is a drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially cause I did, I didn't know you went through the same thing. That's what I used to do too, is, um, I would refuse to go on to the next game until I had won. Mm-hmm. the original game and i would actually write down the numbers of the games that i had already won on mm-hmm. a little text file or little piece of paper and then go yeah. to the next one it, it was a lot of games it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of your life but, i didn't know you did that yeah I, had, I kept track of mine too that's crazy that's it crazy. is that's god that's some <laughs> so weird shit. yeah <laughs> okay so what's the next part let me get back to objective standards then you are looking at tangibles you are not looking at time and share or days worked or the free cell delusion. Um, you are looking at a way of, of objectively assessing the work you're doing. So the only time that counts is the time you're actually working. And you can, you can assess that however you want, but just make sure you don't lie to yourself while you're doing it and call things that are not work work like, um, you know, surfing the internet or free sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then the next thing is after you have a method by which you are tracking your goal progress, then you adapt your goals within set standards. Uh, you look at what you can accomplish easily and regularly while enjoying the work. And this first standard is the most important thing that I learned. And the hardest thing that I learned, which is why I'm putting it first. If you don't learn anything else from this podcast, learn this. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. Your your standards start with what you can accomplish easily and regularly while enjoying the work. Now, there are times when you are working as a commercial novelist for professional publishers where this standard goes right into the ditch because you will be, get close to your deadline. And if you like to eat, you are going to hit your deadline, which means that, which means that some days it becomes a misery slog in which you are writing for 10 or 12 serious hours in which you are genuinely writing during that stretch of 10 or 12 hours and doing 10,000 words a day. And it is grueling and painful and you are not having any fun, but you have to hit the deadline. So you do what you have to do to hit the deadline. But your regular work is not like that. Your regular work if you are doing this needs to be a joyful experience that allows you as your, your inner editor and your muse to sit there and go, Oh my God, this is awesome. So you find your word count for that. Um, you, you try different things. You change up your process from time to time. You see if something else will work better. Um, but you, but, at the end of every single day, your question is, well, was that easy? Was it fun? Did I like it? Because the thing that will bring you back the next day is that, oh my God, I had such fun yesterday. I cannot wait to get back to work tomorrow, today. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot wait to get my butt back in the chair on Monday and work on the Ohio novel again because, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. I am having, no, I can't. I can't. It's not, Monday is not Ohio nope. novel day. Nope, it's neither is Tuesday. It's Wednesday, right? Right. Oh my God, I have to wait until Wednesday. <laughs> but oh. see, that's that's why you want to leave when you still want. That's why I stopped right. on Friday at two scenes because I did want to write the next one, but I knew I was looking at burnout. And I realized that especially if I leave it until the next actual writing day, mm-hmm. I'm going to be psyched. And I already am. I'm already thinking of different things that I can I can do. And I'm, I'm very, very excited. But I knew also that I was fried and <laughs> I needed the break. And especially my wrist, 
because, you know, 20,000 words in a very short amount of time with already bad wrists, you know, that wasn't easy on it. So, but yeah, yeah. So you you definitely want to to make it something that is fun and achievable and and something that is is moving you forward with passion. Mm -hmm. The next thing is try any new goals for a full month in which you faithfully show up before adapting either upwards or downwards. So if you decide um, that you are, it's just too easy writing a thousand words a day and you want to bump up to 2000 words a day, that's cool. You know, that's, and, and you have the time and your wrists don't hurt and your back doesn't hurt. And it's not, it's not something where, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your stuff done and you still get time. So you go, okay, well, I am flying and blowing the doors off of my thousand words a day goal. So I want my 2000 words a day. Let me see if I can do that. Then live with that goal for at least a month because stuff can feel really easy the first few days you do it. Yeah. And then turn into miserable monsters by the end of a month in which you're going, oh my God, I don't know what I was thinking. 1,500 words might be right, but 2,000 words is definitely wrong for me. Yeah. Um, and in a week or two, you don't get the feel for that. But a month, if you live for something for a month and you're working at it regularly, you will have the truth of that process pretty much in your bones by the end of the month. Yeah. And yeah, there. this was the thing that trained me that 5,000 words a day was okay and 10,000 words a day was not. <laughs> that uh, just not. Because, you know, you think, hey, I can write 10,000 words a day because I've done it. And then you try it and you go, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh uh. I would hate my life if this was my life. Yeah. It's different when you're doing something like a three day novel or you're doing something where it's an event writing and you're excited and you've planned it and you've got nothing to bother you during those days. But looking at a slog of 10,000 words a day every day for a certain amount of time every week, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine it. It would take away all of the fun. Right. Right. And, you know, the fact that at the point where I actually had to do it, uh, it did. That yeah. was not fun. That was not fun. That was that was stop the story, walk away in mid-sentence, come back the next day and try to figure out what the hell it was I was trying to stay in that last sentence. Yeah. Because I just could not sit there any longer. So, but 5,000 words a day, I can do that. Uh, I am not doing that right now because I've got a bunch of other things I'm doing, but... Um, be at some point, I think I might like to go back to 5,000 words a day just because you can, and you, you, you feel like that's where you love to write. That's your, your little golden zone. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I just, I can't do it right now because there are too many other, other, other things on my plate, but okay. So then, uh, once you have, once you are doing something regularly and easily and enjoying it and you have... You have worked this goal for at least a month and know that that works for you. Then if you're stressed, unhappy, or miserable, even with that, you're doing it wrong. Okay? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) uh, your objective when when writing is, is to not be miserable because you can be miserable in any job. Mm -hmm. This job... If to, to bring the best of what you've got to this job, you need to be happy, joyful, exuberant, excited. You need to step into this thing knowing that you have a little bit of magic in the back of your mind that you are going to put on the page that is going to transfer to somebody else someday. And this is, this is not a job like other jobs. This is a job in which who you are as a human being and what you have experienced from life is unique and incredible and it is going to transfer to people you have never met and give them a piece of the magic of what you have discovered from your own existence and there's there's no other job where you get to do that yeah i think i think if you look at at 
like movies and stuff. Okay, yeah. Movies. You know? Yeah, uh, maybe so just, maybe building video games. Yeah, and artists sometimes, yeah. you know. I think it's just the, the job of a creator. Yeah, but if you are showing up for work-hating life, you're yeah. doing it wrong. I think a lot of people suffer with perfection, and mm-hmm. maybe we need to do a a short, like a mini episode covering perfection. Oh, that's Co- a full episode. Oh, it's a full episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nope. yeah. Maybe that's one that people would really like to hear is like how to get over the perfection. Because, again, I'll make I'll mention what you wrote in that that how to write your novel or how to write a novel course because it's really it, it means a lot. There are no mistakes in first draft, only opportunities, right. and yeah. th- there's there's so many things that people worry about when it comes to writing that they don't need to worry about right now. You don't have to worry about these things in first draft. Mm -hmm. And if you're finding yourself struggling over the right word choice or, you know, constantly stopping writing to go and research something because, oh, God, I can't get it wrong. You can get everything wrong in first draft. Oh, my God. And my demo novel for that class is proof of that. Yeah. Dead Man's Party went through four or five different changes. You know, major, huge plot and, and... as, as you say, integral, but I always say integral, <laughs> changes. It's, it is really, really important to know that what you're trying to do, what Holly says, is you're trying to just get the base of an idea all the way to the end so you know what it is that you're writing about. Right. So don't because hold that level of perfection over your head that this first draft can't have any mistakes. Right, because it, until you have written the ending, you don't know what the beginning needs to be. I started my beginning in Dead Man's Party uh, eight years too too late. So about 12 chapters into the novel, um, I bumped back to the second year after this event happened uh, from, from 10 years, just changed everything. I did not change a single word of the first draft because you don't touch first draft until you have finished the book. You yeah. leave every single mistake in there. And as I am reviving, revising, I am finding that even though I was 10 years too late in the first 12 chapters, there's enormous amount of stuff in there that I still got right. And if I had messed around with it at that point, I would have blown away a lot of really good stuff that is going to stay in the novel. Yeah. There, there's so many different... I think it's... Uh... I don't remember which one never finishes. Is it perfect never finishes? Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect never finishes. Perfect is what makes you start books over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hell, I mean, every every writer that has ever written, I do believe this, every writer that has ever written has felt like, fuck, I fucked this shit up and now I have to start it over again. I, <laughs> I wanted to start Glass House over again three or four times. But you just don't do it because until you get to the end, you don't know what your muse is going to pull out its ass. Right. You don't, you don't know what's just going to come out of nowhere and be like, oh my God, that is perfect. And then you know how to alter different things. But you could lose perfectly good things that still fit. That yeah, fit oh even God. better now because your muse was like doing you know really weird mathematical algorithms in your head that you didn't even realize were there and then just glued everything together and you're like fuck that's awesome yes your muse is back there altering space and time and speeding up the harvest and you you just (laughs) you don't know what's going on in that side of your brain and and i'll have to link the videos that holly showed because it's where this guy had the corpus colossum whatever. Corpuscalosum, yeah. Yeah, cut. And he he had a distinct separation between left and right hand. And his he, he had like this divider down his face and he could not see um, uh, with, with uh, they, they put up like a word on both ends or something like that. And the, mm-hmm. the right side of the brain drew the picture and the left side of the brain wrote the word. And right. it's so weird because you are in constant contact with that left brain. That's that's the monkey mind. That's the inner editor. That's, that's the one that doesn't shut up. 
your right brain is that silent part that moves you when you see something like a pretty flower or lots of beautiful freaking mountains and a sunset or something like that. Yeah, your right brain is your muse. It is yeah. the part of you that has no words. It, ha- it has no words with which to speak to you. It yeah. speaks in ideas and images and concepts and, and just passion and emotion and delight. And the left brain, the editor, is the part that translates this stuff that it's getting from the right brain. And you don't know what your right brain is doing, ever. Yeah. There were other, other things where, that, where people who had had the same surgery, the left brain would do something and the right brain would slap them. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. That was really, they, really weird. Yeah, because the right brain's going, don't do that. Smack and smacks the person that the left brain did the thing. Yeah. Because your two sides don't agree. I'm going to have to find those links because if you guys haven't watched them and you have, you know, a few minutes to do it, help put it on while you're cooking, put it on while you're (laughs) eating if you eat alone because my husband's never home when I eat almost. So I'm eating alone and usually listening to last podcast on the left. So I could watch it then. You know, find some time to watch it because it is fascinating shit. And it really does prove that this side of you is in there. That muse is in there. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what, and, what is the next step? Okay, so after, after, if you're stressed, unhappy, or miserable, you're doing it wrong, then your objective is much happy writing over a long and productive life. Okay. If you are learning how to do this and you are fighting through the very uphill battle that is learning all the many processes that it takes to become a good writer, telling good stories and connecting with an audience who loves what you do and producing consistently, then you want to have fun with that. You want to enjoy your life. You want to show up every day that you go to work, happy for work. You want to enjoy your days off thinking, hot shit, tomorrow I get to go to work. And how many people do you know who feel that way about their jobs? Seriously. Yeah. I know there are a few. Um, my accountant is one of them. Yeah. He is, I love him. He is wonderful. But, you know, that, that is his thing because he loves what he does. But how many people do you really know who, who do that, who can say, this is the thing I was put on this earth to do? Yeah. I mean, and, I know that there's a lot of nurses out there that feel that way, a lot of EMTs that feel that way, but a lot of them also don't. So yeah. it's, it's in every single job out there. There's somebody who absolutely loves it and is amazing at it. And there's some that just hate every second and, yeah. and hate what they're doing. So, yeah, and there are some who discover that uh, you, you, in spite of the fact that you love the job, you need to stop because you have people at home who need you. And yeah. you you've got to find another way. So Yeah. 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 Well, there's, there's, it's not, I, I think that life gives you a whole bunch of opportunities. Yes. And you can find your love in a lot of work because it's, it's, it's not just you're not just created for one job, but right. you have to find what ticks all of the boxes on the things that you want. And for you, even though you loved being a nurse and it, and it hit that adrenaline junkie part of you, oh yeah, you also had to find a job that fit you staying at home with your kids. Yeah, because God, I had to. I yeah. had to. And oh, I'm so glad I did. Yeah, yeah, because Holy that crap. changed the course of all of our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so is there another part? Yes, there is. Okay. So then with your objective being a long and happy life, doing what you love, your objective is not to make yourself so miserable that you kill yourself while self-medicating with booze, drugs, or a noose. Um, and there is this Hemingway school of writing. Yeah. Uh, where you are, where people think, okay, to do this, you have to suffer for your art. There is a a saying that just pisses me off every time I see it, you know, writing is opening a vein and bleeding onto the page. No, it isn't. Uh, I kind of... That's doing it wrong. I, I kind of think that in a way it can be 
Because that's that's somebody else's. To me, that means what you say, which is dancing naked on the roof. It's making yourself vulnerable. It's putting your pain and your love and, and, and this massive part of you on the page. I, at the same time, I don't think that you should be bleeding out. I don't think that it should be about suffering. Right. Yeah. Right. It's about, for me, all of the pain in the past, this is where I get paid for that. Yeah. Okay. This is how the work pays me is that I get to take that crap and turn it and spin it into gold like Rumpelstiltskin and straw. Yeah. I take I take all of the shit that I had to go through and then I turn it, I change it and twist it and build it and turn it into fiction and give it to somebody else who can then find something that matters in their life from the suffering that I went through yeah. without, with, and I have fun doing it. Well, sometimes you have fun, but sometimes you're also angry when you write certain things and oh, yeah. you get, you, you cry when you mm-hmm. have to do certain things or write certain things. Yeah, so there I is, cry when I have to kill off characters that I like. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there is a certain amount of, of pain that you put yourself through as a writer, but mm-hmm. it is not writing is suffering. Art is suffering. Art no. is, art is the, the suffering put in front of an audience. It's, it's not, again, if you're doing that, the, the opinion of these two writers is you're doing it wrong. You know, that there should be every bit of life in, in what you're doing. You shouldn't, every, every day shouldn't be a, I have to, you know, booze myself up or I have to cut myself open and we're not talking about obviously medication that you need for you know physical yeah. or mental ailments you know because yeah. I am currently still on on antidepressants and, and yeah. anti-anxiety medication but it's not stopping me from writing and it's not stopping me from enjoying these amazing magical moments I have I had I've written scenes that I had to stop during the day because it was so much pain to get all of that out there but at the same time I was looking forward to the next day because I I did finish that scene and it was important and now I get to go do a fun scene you know right 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 yeah no that this is very true there are times when the job does call for you to tell the truth and the truth hurts because it's just that part of the truth yeah you know and and yeah, there there are there are horrible things that have been part of my reality that have gone into my fiction, uh, transmuted, changed, not not as they happened in any way, shape, or form, um, buried as metaphor into fiction. But that I, I, it was really really hard to write them, but at the end of writing them, I felt better. Yeah. Because I had made this thing and had removed that little piece of pain from my subconscious. I had set myself free from that particular thing because I had put it onto the page. I had transmuted it and, and it didn't hurt anymore. Yeah, I think that suffering for a point is different than this mentality of suffering for your art. Right, right, where suffering is the point of it. Yes. Yeah, where and and you think that you have to you have to experience pain while while creating or you're you're you know, you're not a real artist. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, definitely. That is that is one of the biggest disservices that literary fiction has done to writers in general is this concept um not not put forward by everybody but put forward by way way too many people that if if it does not hurt you to write um you're not a real artist yeah yeah and again it it will hurt sometimes Mm -hmm. but i think the majority of the time it should be a joy It it should be something about the passion. Now, I understand that some entire books might be incredibly painful to write, but mm-hmm. they're important to you and you want to get them out. But the end result has to matter to you, has to to bring you something positive. Yeah. At yeah. least, at least most of the time, in my case, every single time that I have written something that was just horrendously painful, at the end of it, 
I felt better. So, <laughs> you know, I cannot promise. It was kind of like therapy. I could never afford therapy. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is, this has been a thing where, you know, I, I kind of did do it yourself at home, write it into fiction, bury it deep therapy. And I felt better afterwards. Hey guys, it's Rebecca, and I just wanted to let you know your sponsor spot today was brought to you by Vanessa Wells. She took the How to Revise Your Novel course. Hello, my name is Vanessa Wells, and I'm an indie writer and editor. I've been a student of Holly Law for over a decade. I thought that I was buying a revision course when I purchased How to Revise Your Novel. <laughs> what I got was a course on applied critical thinking for writers. Holly's courses invite you to write wonderful stories and break down if they work, how they work, why they work, and why they don't. They give you the tools you need to succeed. Thank you so much for that, Vanessa. And you guys, if you are interested in revising your novel, Holly has three different ways. You can check out her freeway. You can check out the seven-day crash revision course. But of course, the best, most painful, <laughs> and yet most amazing course that she offers, at least in my opinion, is definitely how to revise your novel. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of the episode. So what's next after that? Okay. Uh, what we have next after that, just, just let me restate that again. Your objective is not to make yourself so miserable while you're writing that you kill yourself while self-medicating with booze or drugs or a noose. You know, the, the dramatic writer, fiction writer suicide is guys who were doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay, and so then the, then we just come to the takeaway. So do you have anything else you want to say before we get to the takeaway? This is something that I was thinking about earlier. There are a lot of reasons to write, and it doesn't mean that all of them are the right reasons. Mm-hmm. This is something we've touched on before, like if somebody tells you you should be a writer. Oh, God. Um, make sure that it's something that you want to do, that you love. If, if it's something that you used to do when you were younger and you're trying to get back into it and you just don't find you have that passion anymore, that it, it, it's something that is okay to let go. It's, it's, there's certain things in our lives that stay with us and there are certain things in our lives that don't. And it's okay because it's just another level of growth of who you are, but if you are really passionate about creating worlds or creating stories or creating characters or telling a certain story, I think that this is something that will stick and you will find yourself repeatedly coming back to it and trying again and again and again. And it's something that no matter what other people will tell you, oh, you shouldn't be a writer, you should be a this, you should be a that, you should, you should you know, go into something that's gonna give you more money and be more stable. If writing is truly your passion, no matter what anybody else says, you're gonna you you're going to stick with writing, even if it's a side store side project for you, even if it's something you can only do one or two days a week at a certain amount of times. It's something that you will find yourself drawn to over and over again, and that's part of what summer of fiction writing is right now. It's there to help you realize the truth. Yeah. And realize that a consistent effort can get you something. So whatever your goal is, even if if you've never written anything before, but you've always wanted to, and maybe all you want to do is just come up with a really cool plot, or you really, you just want to come up with some really neat characters you've had in the back of your head, or maybe you've had this story in your head for 15, 20 years, and you're one of those people that has always told yourself, I'm going to, one day I'm going to write this, this great novel, start start and then start learning the pain of the process because you think it's all in your head but it's not and once you start putting it down you're going to find holes and that's good I just I want to let everybody know who's coming into the summer of fiction writing who has not done a lot of writing or who has always dreamed of being a writer it's hard work and the failures that you run up against are good things because you are starting to find that okay this wasn't quite where it was in my head. How do I work on it? The, the, what you have to do is always ask yourself questions like, okay, well, what can I do for the next step? And the forums, we are there to help 
you kind of slog your way through what is going to be a really bad marsh at the beginning. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be a swampy mess where there's mud and quicksand and stuff and you feel like you're getting stuck. We're there. To, you know, not just Holly and me, but there's a bunch of people on there that have had as many years of experience as, as both of us put together. You know, we've we've got people in there that have been writing since they were very young and they're pretty old now. And, you know, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. just, I feel, I, I feel like we have an amazing group of people in that there are so many different levels of expertise and summer of fiction writing is a great place to start to get to know other people and to get to start really testing the waters and get in there and start finding your failure points and start learning how to grow and correct them and find a way around them. Yeah, I, I would guess that in the forum right now, including new guys and and experienced guys and published professional guys and other guys. And I'm from Ohio, so everybody is a guy, just saying. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, we have probably about 10,000 years of writing experience in this in the summer oh, yeah. of fiction writing forum right now, probably. Just, just that one alone. Yeah, just in that forum alone right now. Um, and oh, and one other thing is that while it can be very... Um, time-consuming to write a novel. Um, as my demo novel for how to write a novel, I gave myself roughly one hour a week to work on it. I was doing 1,100-ish words a week. And in 38 weeks, I wrote an entire 50,000-word novel at one hour a week. So we are not talking about a massive time commitment on yeah. this. Yeah. You can do this even if you just have one day a week where you can get your butt out of bed an hour early and sit down to write or stay up an hour late and sit down to write one day a week. You can write a novel in 38 weeks. And yeah. I've got a bunch of guys in that class right now who are doing it. And if, I, if you write a little bit slower, maybe it's two hours a week. Maybe maybe it's just not 38 weeks, but right. what, 76 76 weeks, whatever that, whatever the do hell Do not that ask be. me to do math on Yeah, that. I know. <laughs> math on the fly. Um, <laughs> but it would, it, it would be more, but still, you're looking at such a short period of time to get that novel done when you are only working at an hour a week. I see people coming in to the 10 minute timer challenge and they're doing, you know, one TMT, two TMTs, but they're doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. It's not just somebody coming in and say, oh, I'll do 10 minutes here and there. And then they show up like once every two weeks, once every, you know, like, oh, here and there. Even though that is growing your skills, it's not becoming consistent. 10 minutes a day, every few days, every week, that is what's going to build up a habit. That is what is going to really start to connect you with your muse a lot faster and easier. And that's where you're going to build your novel. That's right. That's what teaches you how to be a writer as a job. Yeah. Is showing up for work every day because it's just like McDonald's. If you don't show up for work, you don't get paid. Yeah. And just remember any of the problems that you might be having during your summer of fiction writing challenge, whether it's a novel or it's a short story or you just don't know how to do things, ask. Create a thread and say, this is the problem I'm having. And, you know, what are your suggestions around getting around it? And, and really pay attention to the answers. You're probably going to get several different people's very different answers. And then you'll have different opportunities to try out each method. It, writers have different processes, but the end result is usually the same. It's it's a finished project. Right. So, you know, we're, we're here for you. And, and that's just what I wanted to add before we got into the takeaway was, was that even if you are that person who's been telling yourself you're going to write that novel for 15, 20 years and you've never given yourself a shot and now you're here and you're, you're ready to do it, we're here for you, man. It's, it's not going to be easy and you're going to find a lot of breaking points where you thought that you had this thing figured out, but then it changes. <laughs> oh and God. Yeah. Just let, just to let you know, we've been there, you know, <laughs> because every book starts out pretty much like that. 
And just to let you know, we will be there again. Yes. Because no matter how long you've been doing this, the next book you write is going to throw something at you your brain has never seen before. And you're going to go, how the hell do I deal with this? Yep. And then you will find a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, go ahead and let us know what the takeaway is. Okay. The takeaway this week is to find your sweet spot. The thing that you can do regularly, the thing that allows you to get words and have fun because you want to keep the job fun. You want to make this a thing that you love and love to go back to so that you can write a long and happy life. I love that. Yeah. Especially the write a long and happy life. You know, and, and I know that we've got people in there that are coming in, uh, in like their senior years and yeah, have never, and yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I just want to say like, there have been so many people that have started another career so much later in life and have mm-hmm. succeeded. It's, it's just about your definition of success and what matters to you. And I mean, you can do anything. Yes, you can do this too. If you are in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and you want to do this, come on in, hang out with us. You are not alone. There are other guys like you, like me. I'm getting, I'm almost in my 60s now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there are a bunch of people in there who are older than I am, and we are doing this together. There are a bunch of people who are in their 20s. Um, yep. Yep. Nobody younger than 16. 16 is the youngest person that's allowed on the forums. Um, but 16 and up, 16 through everything. So yeah, yeah, we have a in. lot of new people in their 20s that have have uh, found you recently, yeah. and are just so happy that this community exists. So I mean, any age, 16 yes. up, you know, yes. you, best people on the internet. Seriously, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God, I love my people. <laughs> yeah. So that has been our show. That is that is the finale of our three-part series on event writing. And again, this is for NaNoWriMo, Summer of Fiction Writing. <laughs> Mom's very happy. Uh, script Frenzy. It, this is for any kind of writing event you have. And it's, again, it it's about what is best for you and if that event fits what you need. So go back. If you haven't listened to the other two parts, the first part is really important to nail down what kind of event you think would would benefit you. And again, yeah, this, this one, yeah, and this one and the last one, which was process, um, Holly has said the event is there to serve you. And I think that that is a very important thing for you to remember. So again, that has been our episode. We hope that it has been helpful. If you have any comments, if you have any ideas, any questions that we didn't cover, anything like that, or, you know, you want to share your own tips and your own history about where you came in and and had issues with writing and, and how you overcame it, you go to our community, hollyswritingclasses.com, and sign up, get the free account. You will automatically be given not just the How to Write Flash Fiction That Doesn't Suck, but the Summer of Fiction Writing as well, which is a classroom by itself, lots of downloads, lots of really cool stuff, and the forums. And jump into the podcast forum, look for this, the title of this episode, and go ahead and put in your information you know, whatever it is that you want to share, whatever questions you have, and we in the community are there to to help out. Join the 10-minute timer challenge if you want to. We've still got it going on. We've got lots of people, you know, coming in and out and sharing what they're doing, and I'm trying to be more consistent about sharing my days. We also have a Facebook, Alone in a Room with Invisible People, where you can message me. Uh, however, it is easiest to go on the forums and really be a part of the community. It's also better for you as a writer. I, I was never a community person before I started doing this podcast. And I have really, I feel like I blossomed kind of because there's so many other people out there and we all share the same amazing job in one form or another. We are also on the socials. That is at A-I-A-R-W-I-P. 
That is, you can also search the hashtags alone with invisible people or alone in a room with invisible people. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I am getting better with the Instagram. I'm, I'm trying my best folks. Uh, you can follow <laughs> Holly at holly.lisle on Instagram or me. I think it's uh, Rebecca at Rebecca Gallardo or at RM Gallardo, something like that. I don't know. You, you, you can find me. If you would like to support the podcast, we do have a coffee account that's ko-fi.com slash alone. And, you know, every dollar counts. I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. You guys are the ones that are keeping this podcast going. And and it is pretty close to being fully sustainable. I just got to make sure that all of the different things that we're covering. I, I am saving up for a bunch of soundproofing and a little desk that's set up perfectly for this because I have to keep the microphone away from the computer. Otherwise, you guys will get feedback. But I am saving up for all of that. So every dollar that you guys send, and it's in increments of $3, is going towards that. And I get to use the spare room, and it's going to be amazing. Your sound's going to be better. You're not going to hear my rats in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do promise every now and then we will have a cat purring into the microphone because it's not something I can help. Yes, um, on my end, there is nothing cool like that going to happen. Um, yeah. We have people out in the corridor in the condo who yell at each other and you get yeah. sirens Plus, and crap. And yeah, so I was going to say the sirens, <laughs> you, you get the air coming on and off, you, you get the the fan i think once or twice so oh, yeah. it's it's fine though i mean i've i've heard some people uh if you listen to the last podcast on the left they have a lot of really bad sound on henry zarowski's part because he's in different areas and has to go through skype so i mean it's, it's just shit happens but we are trying to make this the best podcast as possible yeah. while still keeping it homegrown unscripted that sort of thing and of course you know if you don't want to trust coffee if you just want to send something through PayPal. Go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com and on the top right hand side there is a way to support us. We have three different tiers. It goes directly to it goes directly to PayPal, which I then put into my savings. So thank you very much. We also have a if you want to support Holly, uh, she has three different ways. Of course, you can go buy her fiction, read her books, make sure that she does know what she's talking about because she does. Or you can go and buy her courses. She has different courses for whatever ails you as a writer right now. She is still finishing up uh, how to write a novel, but it is still available if you want to get back into that. It is still available at the original low price, and that will end June 31st. She also has... June 30th. Oh, right, because there is no June 31st. Right. So, yeah. So then also she has her own coffee account. It's Again, ko-fi.com forward slash Holly Lyle, which is one word, and the last name is L-I-S-L-E. And you can go ahead and, you know, support her that way. And she's got all sorts of benefits. She's she's doing giveaways. She's doing all sorts of di- different kind of things that if you um, have ever donated to her coffee account, you are entered in the giveaways. And then if you are a monthly subscriber, she's going to be doing random you know, just live chats where you guys just hang out and talk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, that is it. I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of this community, for listening to all of the episodes, for for not derailing, you know, my my personality or or, or defacing defacing my personality or or just talking talking crap about me because of my mistakes. I love all of you guys. <laughs> the mistakes, you know, we're not even a year into this thing yet. So <clears throat> the mistakes will clear up as we get better. And I love you guys. I can't wait to see you in the forums. And I, I hope that these episodes have, have really helped clarify certain things for event writing. Holly? Yes. Um, yeah, for, for this, just remember that your objective is to write a happy life. And we'll see you soon. Yeah, three treats for the cat. Three. Yeah.